0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad.
1: Well, as we uh, count down to winter, we can tell you that that uh, calcium chloride solution will be sprayed on Edmonton Road, uh, Edmonton Roads once again. It's a year two of a pilot project and it will carry on, but with a slight twist.
0: Well, to find out what that twist might be, we're joined by Ward 1 City Councilor Andrew Knack. Hi, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, We're okay. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad to hear it.
1: All right. We'll
0: have to have you on sometime when the city is overwhelmingly happy about something. And oh,
2: uh, yeah. I, I would love that day to happen.
1: <laughs> so would we. Yeah. So,
0: you know, listen, perhaps you can just explain to us what council decided to do, and uh, then I'll tell you why I think you're wrong.
2: <laughs> well, uh, actually, we haven't decided anything yet. The report comes out uh, uh, tomorrow on, on how our city administration would like to address the, uh, the calcium chloride pilot that they tried last year going into this upcoming winter uh so we'll we'll understand some of the things they want to change because it does sound like there are going to be some some fairly significant changes in terms of uh including an anti-corrosive inhibitor but we want to see all those details in that report, and and the committee will be dealing with it first next week, and then it may go to all of council right after that.
1: Andrew, can I ask you before we get into this too much? That whole uh, calcium chloride was it put on? Where was it? What roadways was it was it put on last year?
2: Uh, there were oh, there were quite a few actually where it was tested. And I think it was at least uh, I think it was at least a quarter of our arterial roads. Okay. Like it, it might even be more than that. And, uh, and so the idea is to, to test out the same areas so you can uh, determine and, and get clear measurements as to the impact it is having or is not having. Uh, but it wasn't on all of our roads. It was just tested on, on some of our roads last year.
0: All right, so given the fact that, uh, you know, everyone who sits on council or sits in any elected position, uh, you know, you don't grow up being a councillor, you know, you don't grow up being an MLA or an MP, you all come from different backgrounds, and and I don't think among those backgrounds in this current council are any uh, chemical engineers or scientists, so, and, you know, (laughs) not meant as an insult, it sounded like it, it was my delivery, but, so, You know, you put it on on the basis that somebody sells you on the idea that, look, this will save the city a whole lot of money. It'll be more effective. And so you do a trial project, a trial, you know, and and great, that all makes sense. But then you get the pushback from the citizens of the city you serve saying, wait a second, it's causing corrosion. And then somebody who uh, is an expert in this field comes before council and, and confirms that suspicion that, yeah, it causes corrosion. So... I guess, you know, my question is, given the number of decisions that a council makes during the course of a year, and I'm sure it's in the hundreds of thousands, only a half dozen or a dozen really catch on fire. And this is one that caught on fire. Mm -hmm. People complained that it was causing damage. People suggested that we might not know the extent to which the damage uh, will, will take place. And then city council comes out and goes good news everybody we're doing it again and it it leaves the impression that city council is tone deaf Mm -hmm.
2: well a couple thoughts first of all just just to note uh if what was coming forward next week said we're going to do the exact same thing we did last year i think uh, and i won't speaking for myself only uh, i would have no desire to continue uh, doing the things we did last year yes we saved money Yes, there was a, a measurable impact in safety and an improvement in safety. The, the, the results were clear there. Uh, but, yeah, we also heard from a lot of people about impact to vehicles, impact to garage pads. And so, to me, the money that we saved doesn't outweigh potentially the additional cost that people incurred uh, through additional work that needed to happen to vehicles. So if we were doing the same thing as last year, there'd be no way to, conti- to support continuing that. Uh, that's why I'm interested to see the report tomorrow and really understand just how much is going to change. What does that, ha- you know, let's go into the science of what that anti-corrosion inhibitor is supposed to do, how we're going to clearly measure it, what are the ways we're going to look at that, because that was the feedback we heard from the chemical engineer back in July, saying, you know, make sure, if you're doing this again, that you're clearly testing impact vehicles, do it before, do an after. and. If the results come back and it's a minor impact, well, then we might want to weigh out the cost of of the savings versus the benefit of that. But if it's the same level of impact or close to, then again, I think you would say, great, well, we'll go back to how we did it. Um, But the intent of all of this was to say, we can actually clear our streets more quickly. We can make them uh, have better traction. And so why wouldn't we want to make sure we've explored all that? To your point around making sure we've listened, making sure we've used the science. Let's do that. Let's not make a knee-jerk reaction one way or another.
1: What um, Have you been given any heads up whatsoever what might be in that report tomorrow, what they might be uh, offering up? I mean, we keep hearing about sugar beet juice and all that sort of thing.
2: I, I think that's one potential uh, solution that can be added into it, but I don't think it's the only thing that can be added. So from what I understand, and, and I haven't seen the report yet, we all get to see it at the same time tomorrow around noon, uh, but there's, there's different types of anti-corrosion inhib- inhibitors that can be put into a solution like that. And again, let's, let's understand the science behind it. Let's understand why they think that will make a significant difference. And if they come back with no clear uh, information saying, well, this is why we're confident we won't have the same level of impact, well, then again, I think we, we'll have to have a different discussion and say, is it really worth continuing this?
0: So, Andrew, I want to cycle back to something you just said. You talked about safety. So when it comes to, say, measuring the damage caused to a roadway or a car or a garage by mm-hmm. corrosion, there's a, there's a way to, I think, probably pretty accurately measure that. Yeah. But I don't know that it's possible to measure safety, per se, or traction, or if it's been done, because anecdotally, at least... Most of our listeners told us when the city started doing this it made the roads slippery or not. it did not increase traction, it had the opposite effect, and some complained that the misty nature of the application uh caused visibility problems that it made their windshields uh, hard to keep clean and have those i'm I'm sort of curious about how the city decided that this uh increased traction when our listeners, who are not, you know, they're not chemical engineers either, but their experience was that it did the opposite.
2: Yeah, and it's, uh, so a couple of answers to that. One, that they actually can measure traction, and that's why they were confident in that, so there's actually, and I, again, I'm no expert here, so all I know is that they were able to show, show how the numbers change, what actually improved the percent reduction in things like collision rates, So there are measurable stats that were part of that report in July that showed that. And you're right, uh, I heard some anecdotal feedback from people in the ward who said, boy, it feels like it's worse off. And I also heard anecdotal feedback from people who said, wow, it feels like I noticed a difference. And actually a lot of times that feedback came depending on the temperature, because one thing that is clear is no matter what we do as a city, whether it's calcium chloride, whether it's sand, whether it's anything, as you get into that low, pretty much below about minus 23, a lot of what you use becomes ineffective. Mm. So whatever you try is actually not really going to benefit you. So I, I remember hearing from some people when we had those cold snaps saying, boy, it sure doesn't feel like things are, have any bit improved. But when those temperatures were above that mark, that's where I heard the feedback on the other side uh... and again i think the whole point of what we need to do this winter assuming they can provide clear evidence that this anti-corrosion inhibitor is supposed to make a measurable difference is then continue to measure both the difference to the corrosion side but then also continue to measure the impact to traction to safety and use all of that to inform uh, any potential permanent changes
0: you know when we talk about saving money as well And and I'm just curious if the possibility of a class action suit down the road had been taken into consideration when it comes to the money being sued, or being saved, if it turns out that your original trial at least did cause uh, damage to vehicles and property.
2: Well, I think, you know, we've been able to, you know, we're not the first city to use the solution by any stretch. Uh, Part of why we were looking at this is uh, oftentimes people regularly have said, hey, you know, look at this city in Canada. They seem to have clear roads all the time. <laughs> you know, I let people we'll talk about Ottawa, they'll talk about Montreal, they'll talk about Winnipeg, and all of the best practices that those cities do. And they say, gosh, we're a winter city. Why can't we do as good as what they're doing in those other cities? So that's part of what sparked our, our roadways operations group to say, well, let's go look at how they're doing that. How are they delivering that better service, clearing the roads more quickly. And some of them use the solution. So I, I would suggest that, you know, being that there is practice in other cities that has shown use of the solution, I, I wouldn't be, I don't know if that would so much come into the, the overall discussion because other cities have been and currently still use this. The question is for Edmonton, and this is something that chemical engineer brought up and, and I think said loud and clear is that some chemicals react the same no matter where you are, and some are very much dependent on the geography of an area and so he said in this case you know this is one that does really matter where it's being used and it can have different impacts in different areas and so that's the idea behind the test here and, and again I, I would say you know there's nobody's uh... nobody's dead set on saying we absolutely have to do this we're going to push forward no matter what happens no i i, I haven't heard anyone say that uh, from our city administration from city council to say you know, we should do this no matter what happens and forget any feedback, forget the science, forget the, you know, uh, what people are actually experiencing. No, I think we all just want to make sure we're making the most informed decision, ideally trying to not rely so heavily on anecdotal evidence, but making sure we're relying on actual measurements and data.
0: And, you know, that, of course, the reason for a pilot project, so... Exactly. Yeah, so let me ask you this, uh, Andrew, then we'll let you go. I know you're busy and you're always so gracious with your time. Um, but it's a theoretical question. Sure. Um, theoretically, this issue aside, if citizens um, in a particular city are wrong, if city council knows that the citizens are wrong about a particular issue, whether it be this, you know, what you put on your roads or how you schedule, you know, the times for pools or what artwork you should buy or no matter what even if council thinks the citizens are wrong and they're right if enough citizens don't like what you're doing what do you as a council do do you say we're going to do it for the good of the city because the citizens don't know what they're talking about or do you say you know enough people are unhappy with our decision that we're going to change it
2: uh you know i I can only speak for how i I try to approach it everyone i'm sure does it differently which is that um I, i think it depends on the issue too Uh, I think, you know, if there is something that shows there is clear benefit overall to the citizens of Edmonton, and for any number of reasons, the general public viewpoint is that they don't want that, uh, I think it's actually part of our job as city councillors to then go out and engage in those conversations, not just say, hey, I'm right, you're all wrong, listen to me, I know better than you that's not the way to accomplish anything. Your role is to go out and say, okay, what particularly concerns you about issue X? What are those issues? Why do, you, why do you have those concerns? You know, does your view change if I can show you, you know, points one, two, three, four, five that actually suggest otherwise? Because I have found that generally in those situations, if you go out to do actual engagements, and that's why, you know, for someone like myself, I'll go out door knocking once or twice a month whole town halls to actually talk about those things, that's where I think um, you can sort of get the best of both worlds, because everyone does want what's best for all of Edmonton. And your perception may not, in fact, be reality, but we shouldn't simply say you're wrong and you have to listen to me, because that's not good governance either. Well, I
1: think the city as a whole could do, and I've said this over and over yeah. again, it doesn't matter when it's, maybe we're talking zipper merges, we're talking whatever it is. The mm-hmm. city could do a better job in getting the information out. And you're going to have people who are going to listen to you, you're going to have people who aren't. But when you have a contentious issue, certainly like this one is, and mm-hmm. people are worried about their vehicles and worried about their property, that, yeah, you need to do, you as a, as a councillor and the royal you, as, as the city has to make sure that that people understand why with the facts, with the backup, mm-hmm. with the numbers um, about why the decision was made and, and just yeah. do a better job with the education.
2: Uh, very much agreed. I mean, particularly with this issue, I'm worried about the impact to, to my vehicle, my own personal vehicle. I'm worried about the impact to the collectives, you know, vehicles and, and properties. So um, this is not something, that's why we wanna make sure we've done our due diligence on this, but to the broader piece you Yeah, it is an ongoing struggle, good engagement. The city um, recently redid their public engagement policy with support from thousands of Edmontonians to help us redraft that. Um, But it's still hard to get people engaged until an issue starts impacting people. You know, I host quarterly town hall meetings and I'll get 30 or 40 people out. Well, that's great, but we got 80,000 people that live in the ward. Um, so, how do you engage until that issue? How do you get somebody engaged before something impacts them? and that's that's an ongoing struggle. Yeah, and you know, know I almost answered
0: that question for you, Andrew, because I know yeah. how frustrating it is from a perspective of even you're selling tickets to the festival. you know when the festival ends and somebody goes, "Oh, I didn't hear about it." <laughs> I don't know how else I could have told you, mm-hmm. right? But I honestly yeah. think, and this is not biased, believe me, I honestly yeah. think that town hall meetings, they're, they're productive and they're important and you have to have them, but that's fine. Uh, surveys online, websites, all that stuff, I think pales in comparison to this, to engagement on a talk show or you go to the mm-hmm. rock station across town if you want, anywhere. But council needs to get out there yeah. and they need to be heard and questioned and you know, let us ask the questions while everyone listens and then I think that's honestly the best way to get information out.
2: I think you're right because I mean shows like yours have a very large reach that you're not going to get anywhere else. And so, I mean, I think that's why a lot of members of city council will hopefully make themselves regularly available. (laughs) If you reach out and say, "Hey, we'd like to like like you to be on the show," it's part of why I like to say yes because I think it's good to have these conversations because you don't get to have that type of dialogue. Um, at a town hall meeting because not that many people are coming out. So I agree. These are, this is a great way to, to engage people beyond all of those other tools, which you should continue to do, but you can't rely on those.
1: Andrew, we are so out of time. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Ward 1 City Councilor talking about uh, calcium chloride. We'll look forward to finding out what uh, the report says tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. too.
1: Two fifty-five. Thanks to Andrew Knack for uh, joining us uh, for that conversation. We'll see what that report uh, Mm -hmm. says tomorrow, what that other inhibitor is that they're talking about. And I guess we go from there. And after year two of the pilot project... Yeah. See what
0: happens. You know, like I said to Andrew, what do you do when the city, you know, overwhelmingly doesn't like an idea, but the science backs backs it up? But it's the same it, it thing. you got to educate them. Right. It's the same thing as plaques, though. On Do you remember when the plaques, the memorial mm. plaques came off the park mm-hmm. benches, right? There's a solid reason why that happened. It was costing more money than they were bringing in revenue. So from a black and white paper point of view, you go, hey, this costs the city more than they take in. Let's get rid of it. There's pushback. The city gets back from yep. vacation. The mayor, the councillors goes, well, we'll reverse that decision. If you're upset, there was actually a, a reason for doing it. But if the th- citizens don't like it, no matter what the reason is, so then get rid of it. Why the move from sand? It's a four point three. Is that
1: just the savings? It's
0: a savings, yeah, an absolutely well, huge amount of savings. Yeah,
1: but you know what? If I remember correctly, Andrew Knack said earlier today, four point three in the overall grand scheme of things. When you're looking at other issues, yeah, is it worth it?
0: And is it absolutely predictable that it'll be there? So yeah, we'll yet to see. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.